much for that. Now, I'm really excited this hour to be sharing the mic with Father Michael Silloway. He is pastor of Christ, our King and Savior. Uh, He's made a little trek to get in here, but we're so happy to have him. Welcome, Father Michael. Thanks, Elizabeth. It's really an honor to be here today. That is an honor for us to have you. And we always start the hour with a prayer, Father. We just want to remember why we're here and and whose work we're doing. So if you would kindly lead us in a prayer this hour. It'd be an honor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for the new day that you've given us, and we thank you for the opportunity to live in your grace and to walk in your light. Thank you for the Quest radio station and the work that it's doing to spread your gospel, to build and form in the faith. We pray that you open hearts and wallets today uh, to help them continue their mission, uh, to help build the kingdom here on earth. We make our prayer in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we always love having the support of our priests on Catholic Radio. It's so important uh, for these efforts. So why not make a pledge this hour in honor of your favorite priest? And it can be Father Michael uh, Silloway. Of course, we'd love to hear from you. Um, But, you know, if you have another priest that's your favorite, and he could be living or deceased, but we certainly want to hear from from you today. Uh, So we want to hear from Christ, our King and Savior. But but anyone can pick up that phone today at 470-508-1160 or go online, thequestatlanta.com. And, and make an on, a donation in honor of that uh, pastor, that priest that you particularly love that has really helped you in your faith journey. We'll announce that on air. What a nice gift. You know, you can tell him, hey, Father, it's just been a, a donation in honor of you for your great work. So definitely. And if you want to give a, a little private shout out to your parish, Father. Well, I do. I do. Yeah. The special shout out to Christ our King and Savior out in Greensboro, Lake Country, the beautiful counties of Green, Putnam and Hancock, and uh, especially to my family as well and to so many friends. Uh, that said that they'd be listening today and that they might try to call in too if they can get through. Well, I think they are listening and they are calling. They must be getting through. We have three calls already in honor of you, Father Michael. Praise God. So we want to give a special thank you to Mary. We want to give a special thank you for Noreen and Jerry, who have also called in with a generous donation, and Peter and Maureen. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for the support for the radio station here. Thanks for the love. Oh, that is awesome. So again, pick up that phone, 470-508-1160. We had donations also from Amy and from Christine this hour. So thank you already. I mean, we're just a few minutes into the hour. The phone's already ringing, um, which is, I just love it. It's so exciting to be on live radio uh, doing these spirit drives because we know this is the work of the Holy Spirit and he's just got great things in store for the Diocese of Atlanta by establishing Catholic radio right here. So, um, and do you have any special prayer intentions that you want to offer up this hour? Anyone say, Father, can you pray for me or whatever? Any special prayer intentions you want to throw out? Oh, a lot, a lot to, to keep it brief uh, and specific. Uh, I'd like to pray for all the priests of the Archdiocese of Atlanta, um, and particularly as we await our, our new Archbishop, uh, that it be, it be a man that the Lord has prepared from all of eternity uh, to lead us in great joy and fidelity to the gospel and charity, truth, justice, and peace. Um, and, uh, and particularly for all of those who are still suffering from the, the recent hurricane as well, in the Bahamas especially. All right, good, 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 good. So, you know, Father, it's so great to have you in person. Um, I know you've participated in the drive, but by phone the last time, it's so great to have you live and in person uh, to raise awareness and support for Catholic Radio. And because I did a show called Answering the Call uh, uh, back in uh, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio in Ohio, if I did that for five years, I'm fascinated by vocation stories, and I know our listeners are too. So let's start by finding out more about you, about your background. Talk a little bit about the family you grew up in, and what kind of foundation did they give you in the faith? A big one, huge one. 
Um, so my mom and my dad's story, well, it's their own story, but, but, um, my dad, uh, when he met my mom, uh, he was Episcopalian Mm. and my mom was Roman Catholic. And, uh, when they fell in love and everything got married, my dad was not Catholic. Um, but I remember one of my earliest memories is, is being with my dad as he became Catholic and went through the RCIA process when I was very young. So seeing that my, my dad was taking his faith just as seriously as my mom was, was really inspirational and, and huge. Um, around the same time, my mom's dad, my grandfather, uh, was ordained a deacon in the Catholic Church up in the Diocese of Buffalo. And having somebody that you know, mm-hmm. uh, being up there on the altar and reading the gospel, um, and then later on, just a few years later, giving me my first Holy Communion, somebody that you, you know and you love and you, you spent summers and Christmases and everything with them, it, it was very impactful just seeing the faith come alive that way. Um, and hearing his stories of the ministries that he would get involved in with going to visit the sick in the prisons and teaching and leading extraordinary minister training classes and his great love for the liturgy and for serving the people of God, uh, that stuck with me as a, as a young boy and into my young adulthood. Um, so yeah, family is, is crucial and it's, it's a, such a great blessing to have had their support uh, the whole journey of discernment and priesthood as well. Well, it sounds like family certainly would, would one of the ways the Lord may have planted seeds in your mind, you know, for, uh, like you said, your, your, your grandfather having the vocation. Um, were there any other signs along the way in your childhood or growing up years that God may have been, you know, gently attracting you to the priesthood? Well, yeah, my, my grandfather in particular, he, he used to say, kind of picking on me, that I would be the family's little priest. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant, um, <laughs> especially kind of seven, eight years old. But... Um, Later on in life, I remember being at a, a mass in Holy Trinity in Peachtree City where I grew up, and I was probably sophomore, junior in high school, and this this wonderful old lady who had gone to the Life Teen Mass, I guess she loved the music or whatever, and uh, she comes up to me after Mass and she says, young man, you would make such a great priest. Your reverence for the Eucharist is so inspirational. I just, I just was excited to be, you know, receiving Holy Communion and, and trying to begin to understand that great mystery. And uh, this woman saw something, and it was that it was a powerful moment that she shared that what she saw that I probably at the time was was in the the back of my mind, uh, but she saw it and brought it to the fore. You know, it. I hear that in in interviewing so many priests over the years and hearing their story. So many of them mention this little old lady from the parish that even you know just comes out of the blue and speaks these words that get in the brain and kind of stay in there and rattle around. And it, it mm-hmm. sounds like this is exactly. Definitely. Um, so, you know, when you, well, did you have other dreams or aspirations, you know, as your kid, like, what do I want to do when I grow up? You know, if oh, you weren't yeah. originally thinking priesthood, what other dreams did you have? No, I th- I, what I can remember, first of all, the genesis of it would have been first a paleontologist. I wanted to, to dig up dinosaur bones and mm-hmm. recreate dinosaur skeletons. Then it, it quickly shifted over to wanting to be the next Jacques Cousteau. Oh, I yeah. wanted to explore the underwater world and, <laughs> and encounter the creatures that are most beautiful and deadly. Um, I fell in love with the ocean and everything in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of getting into to middle school and everything, still loving dinosaurs, still loving whales and dolphins and fish. Uh, uh, like a, a huge spark of aviation grew up in my heart and um, just loved everything about airplanes. How they work, how they're built, how they fly, um, how how you become a pilot, just all of it, all of it. I, I had so many books and magazines and newspaper articles about everything aviation I could get my hands on. So what did you do? Want to build them, fly them? What did? What aspect? The, most particularly, I wanted to be a pilot. 
Um, and, uh, that, that was really where my, my heart was and what I thought was going to be the trajectory of my life. We're listening to Father Michael Silloway. He is pastor at Christ Our King and Savior, and he's joining us today here at AM uh, AM 1160, The Quest. We're here for the Fall Spirit Drive here and uh, with a, a topic of Family Strong, Atlanta Family Strong. And we're asking for your support these four days to call 470-508-1160 or go online to thequestatlanta.com. And we're getting a lot of email pledges this hour. So definitely uh, we want to you know, encourage you to do that if that's easier. But if not, the phone, 470-508-1160. We have a lot of people uh, in the studio um, and in the uh, whole station, all the uh, beautiful offices. If you've never been here, they're on Macy Drive in Roswell, Georgia. Uh, there's a beautiful chapel. And speaking of the chapel, which is right next door, uh, we have expira- uh, exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus is here with us. Expos, we've got adorers all hours that we're here. So visitors coming and going. So it's so great to know we've got the prayer support of that because this is the work of the Lord that we're doing here. Uh, we have food. We have just joyful people. And please come by, you know, please come by, see what this is all about. And maybe you want to consider uh, becoming a volunteer. And we'll be doing this again in the spring. So there's opportunities here. Give them a call, give them a shout out and say, I'd like to become more than just a a, a donation giver. I want to become part of this uh, volunteer network. The more hands, the merrier. And uh, so I encourage you to do that here at AM 1160, The Quest, The Spirit Drive, 470-508-1160. So, um, you know, we were just talking with Father Michael Silloway, talking about his aspirations as a young person about, you know, being a, a pilot. And uh, but that wouldn't be where God would call you. You had some obstacles to that. I did. I did. So uh, it, trying to fulfill that dream, going to the University of Georgia, the venerable University of Georgia. How about them bulldogs? <laughs> as, as, I, as I told my, my people this weekend, uh, I mean, no disrespect to Our Lady or to that great university up in South Bend, but as 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 it turns out, Our Lady was wearing red and black this past Saturday night. Amen, amen. So um, when I was at the University of Georgia for college, um, uh, I, I figured the best way to go about getting into the, the pilot world was, was get some kind of good degree, but along the way, maybe um, do Air Force ROTC and go through the military. Um, and uh, as, as it happened, my first semester of college was the fall of 20, 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with the, the great tragedy mm-hmm. of September 11th, when it happened, uh, I had actually failed a physical that morning, a fitness test mm-hmm. early that morning. Um, but uh, made it through that, eventually did pass the physical uh, requirements to get into the Air Force ROTC. But when they got a, a hold of my medical records, um, I'm partially colorblind and I'm also asthmatic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got called in I'll never forget her name, Colonel Harrington. She called me into the detachment office and said, Michael, you, you've been doing so great. You've gotten in great shape. Uh, you, you passed the pilot qualifying test, uh, but you can't fly a desk in the military oh. if you're colorblind and asthmatic. Uh. Um, so that door got slammed shut hard. Now, you had another door slammed shut hard because at the same time, approximate same time, uh, you were dating a girl for quite a long time. I had been, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of typical high school romance and you, you have all the hopes and dreams and aspirations. Um, uh, yeah, she had, uh, after after high school, she had moved with her family back to their native Japan. And uh, we didn't see how that was going to work out in the no, long run. Talk about a long time. Yeah, that was before FaceTime, and and I mean, we could text, but it was it was a nightmare to send a text message um, through a through a phone. 
But uh, yeah, so around the same time that that uh, the Air Force uh, told me I couldn't go any further, uh, we decided to to break it off. And gut wrenching as as breakups tend to be, especially young adults and everything, that's painful. Um, so I had no money, I had no honey, and I had no direction in life. What was I supposed to do at that point? I think that's a words for a great country song. Wait, listen, yeah. I have no money, have no honey, have no direction in life. I, I write that one down. And I'll send that one up to Nashville and see if they could use yeah. that. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, maybe you have money, maybe you have a honey, maybe you have a direction in life. We hope so. Can you help us out on the Spirit Drive? 470-508-1160. That's why we're here at thequestatlanta.com. Uh, and you can that's where you can make your donation as well. So it's AM 1160, The Quest. It's the Small Spirit Drive. We're talking with Father Michael Silloway from Christ, our King and Savior. And again, you know, these stories are so... This is why I loved doing uh, the show, Answering the Call Up at St. Gabriel, because I think vocational stories are so interesting. It really brings the humanity out, you know, of these men and women who have given their lives so graciously to serve our church and um, at great sacrifice. And so it's so great to see these are human beings, you know, with the same triumphs and struggles and closed doors and frustration. Lord, what are you doing with my life? I don't know where I'm going. So you kind of have brought us, Father Michael, to this point of, you know, kind of like an emotional crisis. You know, my gosh, all these doors shedding. But as we know, a closed door can sometimes lead, often leads, always leads eventually to an open door or window elsewhere. So how did these events turn the course of your life? Well, they, they really made me start to to take spirituality seriously because I, I began to think, well, if, if my plan for a perfect life of, you know, having a family and like a big house and flying all over the place for like one of the major airlines or something, if that wasn't what was in the cards, that is it possible that God has something for me that was even better? And so I remember seriously thinking that, that if, if this God thing is real, then Lord, you're going to have to start showing up and, and showing me what you want me to do because all of this seemed to fulfill everything I've always wanted. So um, what you got for me? What's, what's in the cards? And so through kind of that, that brokenness and that, that frustration of not being able to go forward in the Air Force and, and uh, losing you know, your, your high school sweetheart and everything, uh, it really brought me to my knees in prayer. I had a lot of good friends at the University of Georgia. And if any of them are listening, I, a huge shout out to you guys uh, for sustaining me in that very difficult time of just get your bottom, you know, out of your dorm room and get back to church, get hanging out with people, uh, enjoy the life. You, you've got a great thing going here at UGA. I became an RA that second year at the mm -hmm. University of Georgia and started going to the Catholic Center all the more, all the more. Got real involved with the Catholic Student Association, made some great friends there. And um, I was invited to start doing holy hours over at St. Joseph's by a mutual friend that I had at the Catholic Center. And uh, I was going there to those holy hours, and I was. This is a shout out to Father Larry Neese, who was pastor at St. Joseph's at the time. Um, at the end of every one of these holy hours, he would always pray uh, that Lord, we ask you to uh, open the hearts of all young men and women that they would hear your call to a life of loving service in the church as priests and religious. And every time he'd say that, and we probably did four or five of these holy hours together, but every time he'd say that, it's something would spark within me, like, well, why haven't you given priesthood a thought? Like, really think about priesthood. And so I spent that whole second year at Georgia really, really thinking, could I be a priest? Would I be any good at that? Is Lord, is that what you want me to do? That's kind of a weird request. I don't, uh, I don't think I've, that's really necessarily what, what's in my heart, but I'm open. 
I'm open. And that's really where that journey began. And that's what I see. I love that. I want to stop you at this point in the story because I love this. When when you were saying to the Lord, you know, okay, these doors are shut. What, what, what do you have in store for me? You didn't stop with that question. You knew that you had to cooperate and you had to pursue. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not within the Lord's capability of dropping something in our lap, you know, completely you know, getting blindsided by this other opportunity out of nowhere. But I think that the, the most, you know, the more general uh, path that the Lord is asking of us is let's start engaging with him. And as you said, you engaged in prayer. You engaged in the, those holy, you know, hours, uh, going to mass, you know, had that circle of friends who are helping you in that faith journey. So we need to cooperate. We need to, you know, pursue Lord, what we want to listen, but we have to take those steps. We have to, you know, mature in our faith and we know he's going to answer. He's going to show Absolutely. us what's going on. So, um, and I'm going to stop you in your story, but again, this is Father Michael Silloway. We have more of his story. We're going to hear how he uh, then went on to discern seminary. He's got a great story, so uh, do stay tuned. But I just want to take a moment just to remember that we are here for the Spirit Drive, 470-508-1160, or thequestatlanta.com, and this is the Fall Spirit Drive at AM 1160, The Quest. And we are going to go to a little clip right now just to remind you of the wonderful programming, National Catholic programming that's available on these airwaves. And this clip we're going to listen to is from Christ is the Answer. It's Father John Ricardo, very popular show. It can be heard Mondays through Fridays at 8 a.m. Eastern right here on The Quest. Let's give a listen. Benedict goes so far in his encyclical to say that anyone who does not know God ultimately has no hope. That's a strong statement. Anyone who does not know God ultimately has no hope. The Catechism defines hope as uh, the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness. Placing our trust in God's promises and not relying on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. The virtue of hope, Catechism says, corresponds to the aspiration to happiness which God has placed in the heart of every man. We're going to unpack this a little bit as we go through some of what Benedict says. See if this is you and me. It keeps us from discouragement. It sustains us in times of abandonment. It opens up our heart in expectation of eternal beatitude. It is a weapon that protects us in the struggle of salvation. It affords us joy even under trial. It is the confident expectation of divine blessing and the beatific vision of God. There's a huge series of books that I have on my bookshelf, which I pick off when I'm bored, called the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. It's just picking apart all the words that we find in the New Testament in Greek. This little gem of a series further adds these meanings. The Greek word carries with it the sense of expectation with the nuance of counting upon. I am relying on something here. I'm not crossing my fingers and hoping my son gets back from Baghdad. I am relying on something. Fixed on God, hope embraces three elements. First, an expectation of the future. An expectation of the future. Not a wishful thought about the future. Second, trust. And third, and this is, for some of us, this might be the most difficult part, I'm not sure. The patience of waiting. Furthermore, with hope, there is a certainty of trust in a divinely given future. It rests ultimately on the divine acts which God has done for us in Jesus. And together with faith, it makes up the essence of the Christian life and with love. But hope and faith, 
in a real way, constitute our existence now. Remember, faith, hope, and love, these three are the greatest, but in the end, only love, right? You don't need faith in heaven. don't need hope in heaven. Only love. The greatest of these is love. But for here and now, in our day-to-day existence, faith and hope are of the utmost significance. Those who don't have faith and hope, going back to the Pope's comment, really have no reason to trust that anything good is coming, let alone something overwhelmingly good is coming. Uh, You know, we see this in things like our own economy in the state or in the situation in politics oftentimes where we have to be optimistic, like things are going to get better. We're moving forward. And if you dare say anything against that, somehow you're, you're speaking bad about what might happen. Well, the response to we're moving forward is, can you point me in any direction that would tell me why I should have a reason to trust that? Like, what are the reasons that we should confidently think we're moving forward? And maybe there are some. Great. What are they? As opposed to, we just got to think positive. Thinking positive won't do anything. I remember saying that to uh, a woman I used to work with who had a son in Iraq. And I know what we mean when we say things like that, but we get careless. And as Christians, we have an obligation to show forth the virtue of hope to others and to say, you know what, I'm just thinking positively about him coming back. And know we're pretty well. I just said, what would that do? How about praying instead? Thinking positively somehow conjures up the image that I can control reality. We see this in all sorts of little New Age books and DVDs and tapes that you want to listen to out there. If you just think strongly enough about something, you're going to get it. Just kind of generate some positive energy. Stop generating negative energy. Start generating positive energy. Baloney! That won't do anything. Praying will do a lot. Try thinking positively before your, you know, organic chemistry test as a junior in high school or in college. Go into your exam, thinking positively, and you sit there... Oh, no, I'm not thinking positively anymore. That won't do anything. Well, you know, we see it so clearly in something like that. We'll apply it to the rest of life. And you've been listening to a clip from Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. And you can hear more from Father John Ricardo Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern right here on The Quest. That's a great hour of listening. A lot of people are going to work or in my case, I used to drive to Daily Mass and used to catch some of his show on the way in. He's doing so much. Father Ricardo is doing so much to bring people to the faith. He just does such a fabulous job. I'm just, uh, just, just love him. He's a great priest. And speaking of great priests, we are here with uh, Father Michael Silloway from Christ Our King and Savior and he is talking about his vocation story here at the Quest AM AM 1160 uh, the number again 470-508-1160 so even though we're listening to this wonderful vocation story don't forget write that number down 470-508-1160 uh, so you can call in your gift your donation so we can hear more great vocation stories like this and remember you can give a one-time gift In any amount, you can give a gift of $20 or more a month. That's a St. Gabriel Society level. Uh, You can become a business underwriter if you have a business or a founding member, which is $100 a month or more. And we've had several. And when we get one of those, it's really cool. We get to ring a bell. So that's a lot of excitement here for us. Uh, So and great way to support the station and a special 
uh, a little shout out here is if you become a St. Gabriel Society member or founding member, so $20 or more a month, you will be eligible for a raffle for a free hot air balloon ride for three people. So two of your friends and yourself. It's being given so graciously by Play South playground creations and uh so we're gonna have a raffle by the end of the drive that's the end of day friday a name will be drawn that will be the lucky winner for that so pick up the phone get involved in that it's four seven zero five zero eight eleven sixty so father michael we were talking about your vocation story talking about those uh, roadblocks that sort of came up in terms of career and romance and and then you're talking about how your friends you know in that college environment uh you know really helped you begin to ask the Lord, what is the next step? And, and your prayer, your holy hour, the mass, a priest's help. And so as you were doing this discernment and starting to think priesthood, how did your family respond to the discernment that your next step would be seminary? I remember that day very well. Um, cause I was a nervous wreck. I had just <laughs> been up to the chancery to meet with the vocations director and, and find out what, what does it mean to apply? How do you apply? What, what all is involved? And, uh, came back home and I was having dinner at my parents' house, and I kind of had this uh, panic, sweaty palms, the whole dinner, and just, I, I said, guys, we, we need to have a family conference. And I can only imagine what my parents oh. were thinking. It's like, <laughs> I, I got to tell you guys something. And um, what kind of trouble did he get in, or what, what happened? And so we all went into the living room at my parents' house, and I said, guys, I, I, I don't know why, but I think I'm supposed to discern the priesthood. Um, and I didn't know how they would receive it. I, I figured nobody would be mad or upset, but I didn't know what they would think. Was it, was I throwing my life away? Was I making a dumb decision? What, I didn't know. And immediately uh, my dad got up and gave me a big hug. Hmm. Um, and nothing was said, just a big hug. And then uh, my mom with tears, she gave me a big hug and she said, Michael, I, I saw this coming. I thought you would have finished college first, but I saw this coming. Aww. And so having that support was huge. I, I, I wish I would have said, well, that would have been nice if you would have told me that, you know, a little while ago as I've been, you know, mulling this over for the past year real seriously. Um, but having their support was, was clutch. It was like, you know, wh- whatever this means, you go for it. You go for it. And um, was, so I, your, was your grandfather alive at yeah, that point? Oh, yeah. So he's the one who prophesies there. And, and oh, what yeah. was his response? So um, I don't remember when I told him, because my mom called right away. It's, it's kind of like when there's, you know, an engagement yeah. in the family. <laughs> you got to call everybody and tell them. And I was like, stop calling people. Like nothing. I haven't signed any dotted lines. Right, you're just thinking about Nothing's it. official. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just thinking about it. But when she, she called my grandma and my grandpa, called Papa, um, uh, they were over the moon. They were absolutely over the moon. Um, and uh, they showered me with their, their love and their prayers throughout the whole discernment process. And, and I want to make a point here, too. Like you were saying, this is, this is just a, a discernment. Well, that's the point of seminary. You know, when, when a man says, a young man says, I'm, I'm going to go into seminary, it is for the purpose of discernment. Because, and I've learned this through all the interviews I've done with priests. So they go in there, and there's discernment on two levels. It's not only the young man, but between the, the spiritual advisors, you know, the, count, the academic counselors, so forth, at, at the um, seminary, they're looking at that young man, too, and discerning, oh, yeah. is God calling? So this is where a man can truly find out, am I being called to the priesthood, or am I being called maybe to the married life or single life, you know? Well, so, I, I would almost even say that the, uh, the there's as, as much of the discernment is happening in the man's heart it's, itself, uh, on the outside, the 
what the seminary or the religious community is doing is, is they're discerning almost even more is, are you a good fit here? Mm-hmm. And so, so there've been plenty of people I know that, that felt very strongly convicted that they're supposed to go into religious life or into the priesthood. And for whatever reason, the, the community that was their, their first heart or their diocese that was their, their desire said, this might not be the right time right now. Right. And, and, uh, sent them to continue praying and, and discerning. Um, so it's, it is absolutely from both angles. Right. So it, it is expected. So, and I know personally, um, several people who have gone into the seminary to discern and come out with an absolute peaceful mind that I'm being called to the religious um, of marriage life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and this is, so this is not a failure. Not you at know, all. You it, know, it is a, this is where you, you've got to test the call. So I want to just throw that point in there. And in your case, Father Michael, uh, for minor seminary, you went to Franciscan University. And I did not know until I chatted with you on the phone the other day, and I'm from Ohio, but I didn't know that Franciscan had a minor seminary program. So well, It wasn't how- technically a minor seminary. They, they called it the pre-theology program. Okay. And uh, so being a, a wonderful Catholic school, very vibrant community, um, they knew that they were going to have plenty of young men thinking about the priesthood. Sure. So they put them all together and, and give them some focus and direction. So the pre-theology program was designed with that in mind uh, to take your philosophy classes that are going to be the prerequisite for seminary anyway, and then also have them live in community and have a, a dedicated intentional spiritual life, spiritual direction, formation evenings, uh, brotherhood and community. Um, yeah. And, and checking in with an advisor every once in a while on the outside level too. So okay. what they call the external forum. And, and um, you did that through the diocese of Atlanta. Yeah. You, know, you so, are a seminarian or, you know, a, a candidate or whatever from this diocese. Right. But yeah, I was sense. the end of a generation. Um, as the vocational director had said um, at the time, he said that Franciscan university doesn't have a good batting average with the archdiocese of Atlanta. I think over the years, they probably sent seven or eight maybe 10 guys to, to go discern there. And only two of us ended up getting ordained priests. Wow. And, um, but that's like you're saying earlier, it's discernment works. That's right. A guy goes in and praise God, he finds that his call is to marriage and that's his path to heaven and holiness. And so, he doesn't have to, you know, live with the question, that nagging right? question forever and ever. He's completely confident. I know now where I'm supposed to be going. So you were at uh, Franciscan for three years. Correct. Okay. And then uh, where was it next? Then uh, it was off to the Pontifical North American College in Rome, Italy. Now, now, how do not everybody get sent to Rome for no. seminary? How do, how do they discern who they're going to send overseas? I was in the right place at the right time. That's really what it boils down to. My uh, second year at Franciscan was when uh, Archbishop Gregory came to the Archdiocese of Atlanta. And that January, so he was in, installed in January, a day after his installation, I went on a study abroad program in Austria. And uh, while there... Uh, we were part of the program was to do a 10 day trip to Rome and Assisi. So we had an Atlanta seminary in there. He's now a priest, Father Jaime Rivera, who's the pastor up at uh, St. Francis in Blairsville. Uh, so he was a seminary in there. And I, I thought it would be great to connect with him on this trip. Called him up and he said, Oh, you should come down on this day because Archbishop Gregory, our new bishop's going to be in town. Uh, he was given some conference, I think, on uh, media in the new evangelization. And I was like, Wow, the brand new bishop. Wow, that'd be great. So a buddy of mine and I traveled down there before the rest of the group, and we had dinner with Archbishop Gregory in Rome, which was really cool. Uh, we actually even made it into his column uh, that week on what wow. I've seen and heard. He's like, back when I was a seminarian, like, it was, you know, it's hard work, and it was lights out and night prayer, and, and uh, these guys are traveling all over the world. But we had such a great time. Then uh, when we got back uh, to Atlanta after the study abroad, uh, this buddy and I, uh, called up the archbishop and said, we had such a great time with you uh, at that restaurant in Rome. Could 
it would be great to just have another dinner opportunity with you if your schedule permits. He said, sure, that'd be awesome. So he, he took us out to dinner and um, uh, he said, where do you guys think you're going to go to seminary? I was like, Archbishop, we take the obedience and we take that seriously. You tell us where to go. He said, well, I was impressed that, that both of you were, um, you know, handled yourselves academically and spiritually and morally so well on the study abroad program. If you'd like to go to Rome, it's open to you. And like, okay, don't twist my arm anymore. <laughs> I, I think we probably took, you know, the, the pious response was like, well, let us pray about it and talk to our spiritual directors. And, yes. <laughs> and, but I mean, it, it was an incredible, incredible opportunity. Um, and talk about that. What was it like to be, you know, this is the cradle of Catholicism, Rome. I, I've been there myself, but what was it like for you to be in this amazing eternal city studying for the priesthood? Initially, it, it was humbling, uh, incredibly humbling, because not only do you recognize the gravity of the city, the Vatican, the Pope is right there. Saints, martyrs have died all around every corner of the city. It's the eternal city. The, the history alone uh, is something that should create that, that sense of humility standing before it. But then also on a very practical level, um, Archbishop Gregory insisted that all the Atlanta guys go to the, the Gregorian University, which offers only its, its courses in Italian. So we had to learn Italian. And uh, I do love languages, mm -hmm. and I think I have an ear for them, but uh, it was terribly humbling to, to be living in a place uh, where you can't speak the language, yes. you, you know the culture kind of superficially, but trying, trying to make it. Um, so on that lang angle, it was... Uh, it was very humbling. It's probably the best word I can think of. And you just have to say, yep, I'm, I'm weak. I don't understand what the professor's saying. I'm relying on my brothers to help take good notes. Um, and, uh, and you grow into it. So it, it became an incredible joy, an incredible joy uh, to be able to, to do all the things that, that living over there can afford you. During Lenten season, having the station churches, as it's called, every morning of Lent, going to a different ancient church in Rome and having mass there that a lot of these places are only open during the Lenten season. Going to encounter the lives of saints and praying at their tombs, being so close to the Holy Father, um, being able to participate in a couple of liturgies with Pope Benedict. Um, uh, just amazing. 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 That's a great way to sum it up. We're talking with Father Michael Silloway from Christ our Lord and Savior. We're going to take a break from this conversation because I know when you come back from the States from this experience and after you're ordained, you're going to be going to the St. John Paul II Institute. That's right. And it's going to have an exciting, profound uh, effect on your priesthood. And that's where we're going to pick up the story in just a moment. But I want to step back again and just remind us that we're here for the uh, AM 1160, the Quest uh, Catholic Radio uh, Spirit Drive, Fall Spirit Drive. And we want to give you that number again, 470-508-1160. Or you can go online at thequestatlanta.com. We've got phones ringing. We've got donations pouring in. We've got a whole bunch of people. You probably hear them in the hall behind me. Um, just a lot of excitement on this first day of the Spirit Drive. And, and uh, back in the studio with us is uh, Carol Tearsmith. Uh, she spoke in the first hour with me. She is the founder of The Quest, uh, a woman of great faith who took the leap of faith. And look what the Lord has been doing in a year. But so, Carol, welcome back. And you got some papers in front of you, some exciting yeah, news. Yeah, I got a lot of things. What's and going first on? of all, there's a lot of founders. There's over 100 founders <gasps> of this uh, amazing, of this amazing radio station. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, the phones are ringing off the hook. But before I share that good news with uh, Father uh, Michael, I just wanted to make a comment. Um, there's a there's a speaker, Dr. Uh, Edward Atkinson from the 
uh, Pontificate uh, JP2 Center in D.C. is going to join us on Friday at 2 o'clock. Oh, how exciting. So awesome. it is. He is an amazing uh, uh a man and has a wonderful vocation story and so i i think uh that's very interesting that i walked in right there yeah and he said good that. that's the holy spirit but the phones are ringing off the hook uh father michael uh your parishioners we've got a shout out from uh kim and she says uh, she wants to shout out as a former saint Pius family uh this is kim and she uh just thinks that uh that you're a wonderful priest, and she Thank loved you, uh, being the the chaplain at uh, St. Pius for her children. And also, we have a, a note from Bob and Steph. Um, they've made a donation in, in your honor, and they, they say they love Father Silloway, and oh, what shucks. an amazing <laughs> priest that you are. And they also said that they that the quest is so awesome that they became founders. So nice. thank you, Steph thank and you. Bob. Thank you. thank you. And then we have uh, Louise. Uh, Louise called in and made a donation in, in your honor as well. And and just the enthusiasm for all the people calling in. Um, you're obviously uh, are really a, pa- a great pastor, and um, that your care for these people, they love you and they uh, appreciate you. And sometimes we don't say it enough to our priests. Oh, but absolutely. Know that we do pray for you at the quest every day. We pray for all the priests in our archdiocese. Well, yeah, thank you. We, and it's yeah, easy when you, you have great people. So it's 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 amazing to be and a blessing to be a priest when you've got such great people. Oh, absolutely. And you can make a donation for your favorite priest at 470-508-1160 and tell us who it is and why you love them and we'll announce that on air. So Carol, you want to give an overall, uh, what's our overall goal for the Spirit Drive and how are we doing so far? Our overall goal is 200000 for mm-hmm. the four days. And uh, the last I looked, we were at about $28,000. Mm-hmm. And I do know I've gotten two calls from future founders they but they want to dedicate it a certain hour in the future so there's a lot of momentum going on and people want to be part of this uh being a founder of this of the station with the time's running out um if you want this to be part of your catholic legacy you only have to the end of october and this is the time to do it when it's on fresh and on your mind so and what better way to to do it in honor of of your favorite priest or one of these ministry leaders that are um, out doing great work in our archdiocese for our our fellow catholics and uh, for our families so we'd love to get some more founding members at $100 uh, more or more a month, um, or uh, St. Gabriel Society, $20 more a month. Remember that Play South Playground Creations has called and uh, given us this hot air balloon ride for three people. That's a raffle that will be drawn at the end of the Spirit Drive, and you can get into it by becoming either a St. Gabriel Society member or founding member. Uh, so $20 or more a month, and you can call that in at 470 1160. And Elizabeth, just one other thing. A woman has donated, uh, an artist, Sally, uh, uh, I think it's Kenzen. She uh, has a beautiful painting that she does that she calls the Presentation of the Lamb. And it's a beautiful painting of the Holy Family and with Jesus with the, a lamb in his lap. And Aww. she has donated a beautiful painting that'll be a, a raffle at the end of the week for everyone that has become part of the St. Gabriel Society or a founder so uh it's a great incentive to to act now anyway thank you elizabeth all right thank you carol she's going to get back to her busy work over there do all the phones and paperwork she's doing and again the greatest gift of all is the gift you're giving um to the lord and his church by helping in evangelization so father michael um you were talking about that uh in your journey that you came back to the states after your ordination and all and in saint john paul ii institute for studies in marriage and the family in washington dc that's where you did your sacred theology license 
How did Theology of the Body impact you and your next 10 years? Because now you're priest 10 years. In June, did, I will be, yeah. Yeah, so how did that impact your priesthood? Tremendously. Um, I, I encountered um, St. John Paul II. If, if I shared his stories, we, you'd, you'd cut me off, and we'd be, <laughs> we'd be in big trouble time-wise. But the, the, the ways that, that he influenced my life are, are tremendous and momentous. Um, but finding, when I was in college at Franciscan University, the work of the Theology of the Body uh, was the first time that I had ever encountered rationality reasonableness, logic behind particularly the church's teachings on sexual ethics, family mm-hmm. life, marriage, um, all these things that normally we treat as, as a list of, these are the things you're not allowed to do. These are the sins that go along with all those. But never understanding, is there something more? And so that's why I think a lot of people just disregard it, because they're, they're, never, they're never taught and shown the beauty and the rationale and the logic that the mind can grab onto just as much as the heart can. And um, so finding that in college, the theology of the body, I knew that, that if there was some way I, I could intentionally and dive deep into that, I would want to do that. So after finishing the first three years over in Rome, uh, the Archbishop gave, gave me and the other Atlanta guy there, Father Lane Breeze. He's now on faculty down at St. Vincent in um, uh, uh, Boynton Beach, Florida. But uh, he gave us both the opportunity to go on for another degree. And so I asked Archbishop, could I, could I stay here and do the, the program that the St. John Paul II Institute offers, which is uh, just a whole gamut of, of studies, scientific, psychological, theological, moral, scriptural, just a big, beautiful package of, of understanding uh, and unpacking the theology of the body. And Archbishop was, was very open to it, and I was so grateful. So I got to, to spend two extra years in Rome uh, working on that degree, diving deep into the theology of the body and all kinds of uh, beautiful uh, uh, um, outlets and, and applications and practicalities. Um, so it, the ways that it impacted me very, very concretely was it, it helped me interiorly and personally integrate, understand why does the church teach what it does? And that why is so crucial. But then also in ministry, particularly you know through doing marriage preparation, in the confessional, working with people who are trying to root out sins in their lives, um, and, and uh, with families that are coming, maybe they've been married for a long time and, and they never really grasped a hold of things or the ramifications of, of years of um, communication breakdown or, or, or a lack of understanding. And, and being able to, to bring some of the truth and the light there is really awesome. And I love your enthusiasm, and I love the fact that you're in this uh, small and kind of diverse uh, little parish out in Greensboro, and you're working with the youth there. You've got some exciting things. You're, you're taking them to uh, the, the – you're actually planning the first pro-life youth rally coming up in November. You're going to be taking them to D.C. for the National March. So I really see the what you've learned from John Paul II and Theology of the Body, and you're passing it on to the youth, and that is awesome. And I need another hour with you because there's so much more to talk about. But- well, if I could just give a quick shout out to our youth minister uh, for the work that she has done. Her name's Laura, and she is she's awesome out there, getting the kids motivated and inspired, filling them with light and truth. Oh, So Father Michael Silloway, you know, isn't this great stuff? We love listening to this. This is uh, Father from uh, Christ our King and Savior. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for um, sharing the impact of theology of the body on your priesthood. Congratulations on your coming up anniversary, Thank 10 you. years in the priesthood, the work that you're doing in Greensboro, the inspiration you're doing for our young, which is so important. So can you leave us with your blessing, Father? It'd be an honor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, rain down your grace upon the studio and all the work that they're doing here. Uh, let all the future speakers come with great comfort, great openness, and great joy. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
Oh, Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Father Michael. Next up, we have another priest, uh, priest for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. It's Father Adrian Ploys. He's pastor of St. Vincent de Paul in Dallas, Georgia. This is the Spirit Drive at AM 1160. The Quest, 470-508-1160. I'm Elizabeth Ficicelli. Stay tuned. We'll be back after the break. <laughs> 